Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the About to Review podcast, here to amplify diverse voices in media. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa via TuneIn, Blueberry Stitcher, and a host of other platforms. You can also stream the episodes directly from the website abouttreeview.com, which has a link to the Amazon wishlist if you want to pick up something for the studio. There's also a direct PayPal link if you want to just send a dollar, because that would be amazing. Also, make sure to follow the podcast on social media at About Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This week's episode is a special episode and I am going to be talking about the 2019 Vancouver Short Film Festival, which I attended this past weekend in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. This special episode is sponsored by Little Z Productions, which is led by the amazing Zlatina Pacheva. Little Z Productions is a Vancouver-based production company specializing in short-form digital content. They are film lovers that love making films and aim to tell stories that are authentic, funny, and honest. So definitely check out Little Z Productions. The link to them will be in the show notes below. So give them some support. Give them some likes, some shares. So thank you so much, Little Z Productions. Okay, so before we get into my wrap-up of the 2019 Vancouver Short Film Festival, of which I will give my favorites from each program before crowning my best of festival, best of the festival, Uh, short film. Before we get into that, we'll get into the original theme song created by Damien Randall of Ill-Mannered Media. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So the Vancouver Short Film Festival, this was its ninth year. It is a two-day film festival. They showed 39 films over the weekend, which is incredible, especially in a two-day festival. They were sold out every program. There were people lined up outside waiting for just any sort of tickets that came available. That was incredible. So definitely huge props go out to Marina and Zlatina and the entire Vancouver Short Film Festival crew for doing that. They had an amazing social media presence this year that definitely helped that and some great community partners. Uh, They also had their After Dark screening, which was returning again, which was their kind of creepy and spooky genre films. That being said, there were quite a few films this year in the regular screening blocks that easily could have been in the After Dark screening because they were pretty creepy and, and bizarre and really well done. So, yeah, it was held at the VIF Van City Theater, like I mentioned before. Definitely got to give Frances a shout-out, uh, who kind of runs the place. She helped me out a lot over the weekend whenever I needed to store my gear somewhere or had a question about the venue or a quiet place where I could do an interview. She was always there to help, so definitely shout-out to Frances. All right, so moving right into my favorites of this film festival, of the 39 films that I was able to watch that were part of this year's festival. So program number one from Friday, 
So this had, trying to think, should I read off the films that were in there or just give my favorites? What I'm going to do, I'm just going to give my favorites, uh, but I will put a link in the show notes where it will be a direct link to VSFF's website where you can just click films and see all of the ones from all of the programming blocks. So yeah, so I will just give my favorites from each block, and I also have, because I cannot just do one, that would be weird. I'm also going to give an honorable mention from each programming block. So program number one, the film that I liked the best in this program was O.I., directed by Encia Van Heerden. This film is hilarious. It basically is a story of a man who comes up with this original idea, hence O.I. The problem is, every time he shares this original idea with somebody, they have a bad reaction to it, I will say. Uh... I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, I mean, this is only, like, it is a short film, so the the twist happens, like, in the first couple minutes. When he tells somebody this original idea, their head explodes because they cannot comprehend this original idea because nobody has thought of this thing before, and it truly is an original idea not pulled from anywhere, and the human brain cannot handle it. So he finds that he is immune, obviously, to this, but he is the only one And it goes through kind of his trials and tribulations with having this unfortunate knowledge of a great idea that he can never talk about. Um, I was was actually able to sit down with the director, N.C.A. Van Heerden, and the producer, Victoria Burkhart, which you'll be able to hear that interview along with a bunch of other interviews on an episode of About to Interview, which should also be dropping very soon. That edit was crazy. But yes, so sorry about this one. Actually, it's actually a little bit late. So... But yeah, so I got to sit down with them and talk about it. And and Sia had a really interesting concept when he was talking about this film. Everybody in filmmaking and in other forms of media, be it writing, for television or anything, people have this idea of like, oh, we just we just need original ideas. We need original this. And it was like, no, you just need good content and original content. But the whole term of like, we're, we're looking for original ideas. It's kind of a misnomer. Just make good original content and you should be fine. So yeah, so this is a very, very well done, short, really funny, super enjoy that. So that was O.I., directed by Encia Van Heerden. So definitely look forward to my interview with him. My honorable mention for program number one from Friday night was the film A Snake Marked by Juan Riedinger. This is the complete opposite of O.I., Whereas O.I. is funny and quirky and it's kind of slice of life tale, A Snake Marked is a gritty and dark prison drama where we follow along as this character is kind of going through, I mean, I guess a hard day, a hard time, trying to reconcile not just his current situation of being in prison, but we get these flashbacks, we get pieces of this story and we're trying to put it together and trying to figure out where this pain that he's experiencing came from. In a short film, to have three distinct acts and a twist in the third act is impressive. So this film definitely like it it punches you in the gut at the end of it and it was just a beautifully crafted story of just pain and loss and possibly regret 
from which characters, we're not sure. But there, there's just this inner turmoil and pain that was just palpable. Um, Adam Adam Lalaker, who is the actor in A Snake Marked, I actually got to sit down with him as well, with Juan. And the moments where the camera is just kind of sitting on the characters' faces and forcing us to be in these uncomfortable moments that this character is going through were just so well done. So yeah, that is my honorable mention for program number one, A Snake Marked. All of these, again, you can find out more information about these from the link to Van City, Van, Vancouver Short Film Festival on their website. It will have a full list of those. Right after program number one was the After Dark screening. So again, like I said, this was kind of their genre films. These are the spooky ones, the serial killer ones, ghosts and ghouls and that type of thing. So my favorite in the After Dark screening was The Whistler or The Whistler by Jennifer Nicole Stang. This takes the kind of babysitter trope from the 80s, but does a really good job of kind of modernizing it and making it a part of the story as opposed to the babysitter that then, you know, gets into some sort of calamity. And especially if it is an 80s movie, ends up with minimal clothing for whatever reason. Why? Well, actually, the reason was it was a horror film in the 80s, and that was what they thought people wanted for whatever reason. But this definitely does not do that, which is great. But also just it takes this idea of being in a house relatively by yourself, just you and your little sister, scaring her, like reading her this scary story. But then you start to realize those things have bases in reality. And so when she starts to see things or hear things that correlate to this story, this kind of myth that she was telling her little sister, really well done. So the cinematography of this was also awesome. They did some great drone work. Here's the thing. Filming at night is difficult. Filming in the woods is difficult. To pull off both of those with just as smoothly as they did, really good production design. So yeah, really solid movie. So that was The Whistler by Jennifer Nicole Stang. The interesting thing about the After Dark series, this program... There were only a few films. So by me giving an honorable mention, I am talking about two films out of a block of four. So I apologize to the other two films. They were both great. But my honorable mention for the After Dark screening goes to Sense Memory by Julie Bruns. The reason I chose this one as my honorable mention, it dealt with mental health and coping and stress and struggle in a very unique way and in a way that honestly I had not thought of before and until I talked to one of my guests who I interviewed Dr. David Abusafi and he mentioned like these are real coping mechanisms that people go through these are real things that when somebody is having a panic attack that they go through this so the attention to detail on the mental health aspect side is this character that we follow in the film is sitting down on a kitchen floor having a full-blown panic attack and is going through five steps to calm her down. You know, talking about five things that she can see, four things that she can touch, three things that she can smell, all trying to kind of bring it together to center her back to where she needs to be, you know, in that moment to cope with the things that have happened. This also has a twist in it, and this movie is even shorter than a snake marked, so kudos to Julie Bruns for putting together just a really well-structured film that 
deals with mental health in a way that I at least had never seen done before. So that was just really solid. Moving on to Saturday's block of programs. So there are three programming blocks on Saturday. Uh, the program block, program block, man, it is late. So I apologize that I'm stumbling over things. Not only did that edit kind of warp my brain a little bit, but it is late. But I wanted to make sure to, to get this out to you folks. So thank you so much for, for listening. So program block number two. My favorite in this block was Shuttlecock, directed by Melanie Jones. So I love spoof movies, and I love sports movies. Combine those two, boom, you got me. This movie is a, yeah, a sports satire movie about a washed-up badminton player, uh, played by Rona Rees, and she gets injured as, as a young badminton player on her way to possibly glory. We never really know what her, her prospects could be. She gets injured. She then, of course, develops this deep-seated vengeance for the person who wronged her. And in a lot of cases, when you are going through that yourself and being like, this is my enemy, this is whatever, and then you finally meet that person again, and they have no idea who you are, that hurts. So, because you spent all these years, you know, just fighting yourself over it and wanting to get back at them when they just completely forgot about the incident because to them, it was not important. So, really, really solid. This is actually, yeah, Crazy Eights film, which is a different film festival from, or that they do every year that I'm hoping to get to up in Vancouver soon. Uh, I get invited to cover it almost every year. Paul Armstrong does a great job with it. I just have not made the time for it. But yeah, really solid Crazy Eight film in Shuttlecock. When you combine sports and satire, and it is well acted and well done, take my money. Or in this case, take my time uh, for this, because it was really well done. So, and that one actually, I think might be available somewhat soon. The different difficult thing, I should say, with film festivals like Vancouver Short Film Festival is these amazing films that we get to see over the weekend, some of which have relatively immediate releases, depending on what their VOD kind of rollout is. Some of them are available right now. Some of them are just starting their festival run. But at least with all of these, look them up on the website. You can follow them on social media and then kind of get an idea of when you might be able to see this. So definitely Shuttlecock, best of program number two. Highly recommend it. Go find it if you can, when you can. My honorable mention for program number two is the film Me by Derek Kwan. Now, this is a documentary short film about a family and their restaurant, this Vietnamese family and their restaurant and what it kind of means to them. And they talk about so many stories of when, you know, the dad and mom were first starting the restaurant and when family has to step up in these situations to help out, whether the kids kind of who grew up in the restaurant and were bussing tables at 12 years old, who then when they went on to college and master's programs, but when they get that call that says, we need help, they come back home because family is so important. Family is the most important thing. And so they make those sacrifices, possibly in their personal life, to make sure that their family legacy is protected. So this was a very, very heartwarming documentary, really well done. It was really just good to see. And the the mom in this, not story, well, yeah, story, in this documentary is adorable. 
I never realized how kind of short she was until one of the scenes that shows her in a kitchen chopping some vegetables and it kind of panned out a little bit and she is on this like two-step uh, little block just to get high enough to cut the vegetables. Super adorable. But really, just it spoke to family and it spoke to the sacrifices that we make for our family. So yeah, so really well done documentary called Me by Derek Kwan. Program number three. Uh, my favorite in this blog went on to win a bunch of awards at the award ceremony on Saturday. So my favorite in program block three is Gongju by Jerome Yu. This is basically take a dash of Mean Girls and a dash of K-pop, mix it all together with a great young visionary director like Jerome Yu, and boom, you have Gongju of this young woman in high school who is the prototypical mean girl in her school. Then she comes over to America and has to adapt and has to learn kind of, quote unquote, her place in this new school. And if she wants to be that mean girl or she wants to do something different, not only was this, you know, funny and heartfelt, but like the little cutaways and just the K-pop styles that there would just be funny graphics that would come on the screen. And she would kind of talk directly to the camera and break that fourth wall. Really cool and just really smart filmmaking by Jerome Yu. So Gongju was my best of program number three. My honorable mention in program number three is Girl in the Galactic Sun by Heather Perluzzo. This was one that I did not know what to expect. When I was going through the booklet beforehand, and I kind of and I see this, these two characters, I will say, one has a bunch of wires coming out of their head, no idea what is going on, but it is sci-fi. At least it looks sci-fi, so sign me up. Huge fan of sci-fi in every iteration. And it was. It was definitely sci-fi. It is this this group of Aliens, I yeah, aliens who have been observing Earth and its customs and are trying to create, or maybe not create, trying to convert their bodies into a human body to, you know, assimilate into Earth to really, I guess, continue their study. What was incredible about this, the production design, not only was it stark white you know, in this very sterile, very alien environment. But the characters themselves, with the makeup and what they did, they did just enough to make it uncomfortable to look at in a way where you're looking at it and they look human. But the makeup design, like, it was either something in the bald caps or something, but the facial structure was just slightly different Enough where you're looking at it and fascinated, but also kind of want to look away. Really, really cool. So, I mean, yeah, just hats off to the production design team of Girl in the Galactic Sun. And it was also kind of brutal. Because during this metamorphosis process that one of the characters is going through, we see a lot of imagery of humanity. Whether it is good things, you know, like the birth of a child and things like that, or war, or death. So we get all of this as this character is now experiencing this for most likely the first 
time. So that was that was really intense. And this is one of the films that I was talking about where slide this into the after dark screening, it would fit right in. But yeah, so Girl in the Galactic Sun, Galactic Sun by Heather Perluzzo is my honorable mention for program number three. Now the last programming block, uh, program number four, this closed out the festival on Saturday night. My favorite from this block was another documentary. As you can tell, I like documentaries and sci-fi and sports and humor. So if you are a filmmaker and you really want to make something that I will really like, just throw in some, throw in like a, a humorous sci-fi documentary. Yeah, that, that sounds great. I would absolutely watch that. But my favorite of program number four was The Day Dawn Died by Steve J. Adams and Sean Holor. Horlor? Sorry, Sean. We met this weekend, and I I did not ask you how you pronounce your last name, so I'm sorry if I just completely butchered that. But The Day Dawn Died, (laughs) back back to the actual movie. This is a documentary set in a condo community that is made up of kind of, you know, older artists, be they kind of visual artists, or there were singers, there were performers. One of the residents in this building, one of these kind of former slash current performers, is named Don. And he goes kind of missing. And immediately after a couple days, that sounds weird, immediately after a couple days, but you get what I mean. Very soon, because this is such a tight-knit community, when people do not see him for a couple days, rumors start spreading like wildfire. And so there was all of this talk of, oh, I heard Don died. And they got spread to another neighbor, and then a neighbor would say, oh, I heard that he was in a car accident, and you know they, they could not revive him, and they did not have this and that. And then it just, the story grows and grows, and people put up posters remembering Don, and it spread throughout the community that Don has passed away. We maybe come to find out, I say maybe because I don't want to give any spoilers, we maybe come to find out Don is still very much alive. And so when, actually, no, that is a spoiler. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, but yes, it is a short film, so it is hard not to give spoilers. But when when Don sees these posters talking about his death, and it kind of takes that documentary in a different direction, and it goes in that direction of, this is what happens with rumors. This is what happens when things are not, you know, really researched or looked into. You get these moments where something spreads with no base in reality. So this is just, I mean, not only was it a fun documentary, but the cast of characters in this condo community, I feel like these guys, Steve Steve and Sean, could do documentaries about all of the residents of this condo community, and they would be equally fascinating. Like, this condo community sounds incredible, and those little snippets that we got of these different residents are so eclectic and so unique. So yeah, that was just fascinating to see this kind of play out, you know, through the eyes of the different residents, and talking about Don, and talking about all these things. It was also interesting that this whole story took place over Easter weekend. And Easter, of course, is a story about a certain person rising from the dead. So the timing of it, uh, it was just, yeah, it was well done, and it was just funny to see 
their reactions when the truth is revealed. So The Day Don Died was my favorite of program number four. My honorable mention for program number four was a Star Wars film. Yes, like I mentioned, sci-fi. It was called Bucketheads by Marco Basso, which Marco Basso, first of all, sounds like a Star Wars character. So I'm not sure if that is the person's real name or if that is their Star Wars name. Either way, great name, Marco. I'm a big fan. So Bucketheads, we follow this troop of stormtroopers. And this was definitely around Star Wars A New Hope. You know, they end up on a planet that is very similar to Endor. The outfits that the the rebels are wearing are very similar to that time period as well. And so, yeah, we basically just, in a very simple way, we get this conflict between the stormtroopers and the rebels on a planet. Go. That, That is pretty much the setup that you need. There is an interesting relationship dynamic between a couple of the stormtroopers that, again, we never really see. You know, we never really... Because, well, first of all, some of them were clones, some of them were not. I could go into all of that, but I'm not going to. Uh, but it was just, it was nice to kind of, I mean, to see the other side, as it were, of these stormtroopers who are just doing their job. You know, so when they come across these rebels, of course, the stormtroopers are in the right. You know, they're following orders. They're doing this thing. The super impressive part about this, the visual effects and the sound design that went into Buckethead's phenomenal. So really, really well done. All the costuming was also incredible, both for the both for the Rebels and the Stormtroopers. So these are legit outfits that they're wearing, whether they constructed them themselves or built them. I have no idea, but I was super impressed with just the level of detail, visual effects, sound design, production and costume. Stellar. So yeah, so that was my honorable mention was Bucketheads. All right, so now we're at the point, my dear friends and dear listeners, uh, that we have spent some time together on this episode. This is a shorter episode than normal, but it was a special one because I'm just talking about this one amazing event. So, my best of the 2019 Vancouver Short Film Festival is, drumroll, if I put it in, if I remember to, is O.I., by Encia Van Heerden. Again, this is a film that I was able to watch uh, a couple times because I saw it at a on a screener, and then I also got to see it at the festival. Seeing it with the crowd was amazing because just they loved it. It was so funny, and also has those moments of kind of sadness. You know, when you realize this man is kind of living a cursed existence. But this is definitely one that I will go back to again. Super easy to recommend. The visual effects on this one, the practical effects, I should say, that were later enhanced with some visual effects. But the practical effects of these exploding heads was just well done, but it was not super gory and gross. It was humorous. So definitely hats off to Encia Van Heerden and Victoria Burkhardt for O.I., so yeah, that was my 2019 Vancouver Film Festival wrap-up episode. While I was there in Vancouver, I was invited to cover three more film festivals in the next two months. So the Vancouver film community just means so much to me. Uh, they embraced me when I first started coming up there to cover events a couple of years ago. 
I love that I'm able to go up there and see these amazing films and have these opportunities. But more important than that, I'm glad that I'm able to bring a platform and give these filmmakers a place to talk about their work. Because all too often with these films, I mean, these are huge passion projects. And unfortunately, just do not get the amount of exposure that I feel like they should. So it is my pleasure and honor to just give them my humble platform and talk about their art. So I encourage you to check out the episode of About to Interview, which should, I think, be up by now, uh, depending on, again, the release date, the release schedule, and how much time it takes to edit everything. But definitely check that out. I got to talk to some amazing filmmakers about their, their works. So definitely check them out. Follow them on social media. Help these local, I say local because it is Northwest, help these local filmmakers just get more exposure that they so very much deserve. Now that I talked about that, I have to thank a bunch of other people. So first, definitely thank you again to Little Z Productions for sponsoring my trip up to Vancouver to cover the Vancouver Short Film Festival. I just, I very much appreciate that support. So thank you so much, Little Z Productions. The link, again, like I said, will be in the show notes below. So go ahead and follow that for your production film needs in the Vancouver area. Thank you to Marina, Zlatina, Kristen, Nicholas, Emily, and Avi, who are part, just a small part, of the Vancouver Short Film Festival staff and crew. They were all amazing, from the volunteers to the staff to everybody involved. Super helpful all weekend. Francis, like I mentioned, from the VIF Vansity Theater. Huge shout out to her because, yeah, she just she really helped me out. Uh, to all of the filmmakers who made time to speak with me, thank you again so much. There were other filmmakers that reached out to me on social media who saw that I was coming up there that I was not able to sit down with. So I apologize for that. It definitely was a crazy weekend, not just with the filming, but I pretty much sat on one chair and set up my little studio and I was there for like three hours was just filmmaker after filmmaker coming up to talk to me. So if we did not get a chance to speak about your film, hopefully we can connect next time I'm up in Vancouver covering one of the other incredible film festivals that are up there. So that is about it. Uh, I just want to say again, Vancouver is just amazing. So I, I'm humbled and grateful for the opportunities that the film community up there continues to give to me for this podcast. Make sure to follow it on social media at About Treeview, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also abouttreeview.com with full links to the show notes and guests. If you want to support the show, you can do that directly from the website with PayPal or an Amazon wish list. That actually is in the episode description as well. So if you want to get some pens, which my favorite pens, by the way, are Muji pens, the 0.38 millimeter pens. They're fantastic. I love Muji pens. I want them to be a sponsor so I can just have a lifetime supply of their pens. But in the meantime, if you want to help out the studio and buy some pens, that would be fantastic. Uh, the other thing is, so next week's episode is back to the regular weekly film review podcast. So there will be reviews for Miss Bala, the new Gina Rodriguez action film. Alita Battle Angel, the Robert Rodriguez, James Cameron movie that has been delayed multiple times. Was it worth the delays? Find out next week on Dragon, Dragon. No, not Dragon Ball Z, but I just, I could not not do that when I set it up like, find, tune in next week. Anyway, uh, there will also be a review for uh, Lego Movie, the second part. So that will be on next week's episode. 
The About to Review podcast is a weekly film review podcast that is here to amplify diverse voices in media. So we appreciate all of your support. Good night, Canada, and we will see you next time. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.